wrestling fans, are you ready? This is Tuesday. You people bought a ticket to see me, so shut up. Wrestling Tuesday with Jonathan Hood. First of all, Dusty Rhodes, I think what you are is a big, ugly, low-class, redneck goose. That's what I think you are. Yeah, I put it. I know I put it. But I'm most of all, the baddest man around in the world today. Follow the show at WrestlingTWT on Twitter and Instagram. But remember, my fireflies, as always, I'll light the way. And all you have to do is let me in. Tuesday, Wrestling Tuesday. The bottom line is, in all my magnificence, you're going to be mine. Here's Jonathan Hood. It's Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the brand new ESPN Chicago app. If you love pro wrestling, if you love sports entertainment, we got you every Tuesday night at 930 with the very best in pro wrestling conversation Follow us on Twitter, Instagram at Wrestling TWT. Again, it's at Wrestling TWT. Check out the YouTube page as well, YouTube.com. Look for Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Money in the Bank taking place in Orlando, Florida at the WWE headquarters as well and at the uh, Performance Center. We turn to Josh Lopez from ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com. We actually go to the website, ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com. Any organization that you're interested in, uh, especially of the major ones, the WWE, what's going on with MLW, AEW, uh, and all the great promotions around the country. Uh, Josh has all the transcriptions, information that you need. Go to ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com, and Josh joins us here on Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Josh, as always, I appreciate it. Thanks for coming on the show. Good evening. It's a pleasure to be back on the program. How are you doing? Doing very well, thank you. I want to get your thoughts uh, before we go into what happened on Monday Night Raw. I just want to get your thoughts about the empty arena era, uh, the EAE of, of wrestling today. We are going through this in a big way with the two big promotions with AEW and the WWE, NXT, thrown there as well. What are your thoughts as a young wrestling fan watching now an era of wrestling where there are no fans in the stands? I look at it in two different ways. I have the fan, Joshi, that looks for it from an entertainment point of view. Then, as you mentioned, I have the work that I have to put into these shows where, you know, a lot of wrestling fans dictate the overall perception of the show based on live crowds and how, whether it's hot, whether it's cold, or just indifferent. For me, it's different. Like, I tune out the crowd when I'm transcribing a show but he, so it's a little different experience for me so from that point of view it hasn't been that bad because I can focus solely on what's going on in the ring and make sure I could point out the uh, dialogue properly so things don't go over people's heads while a show's going on so that part has been fine entertainment uh, I mean there's been some funny sketches from AW like the Flim Flam Challenge or the Manitoba Melee <laughs> stuff mm-hmm. like that that's really funny uh but i think there's been some good like serious uh promos as well from both companies whether it's cody rhodes whether it's drew mcintyre or seth rollins um you know with both shows you have your hits and misses but i think for the most part from my point of view being a younger fan i'm still as attentive of what's going on right now as i was pre-pandemic yeah i i just you know again 
as an old school wrestling fan, my focus has always been on on what's going on in the ring. And I think that during this time until we get fans back into the stands, as a wrestling fan, uh, it, it I would want to see a lot more promos, a lot more character development, a lot of backstory if possible, because if wrestling mm-hmm. companies don't feel comfortable in putting on a slew of matches with no fans and you've got to be able to do some bells and whistles, like we see with the WWE, they've had some, they brought up the old WWE films people to be able to start taping some of these uh, long form um, matches and events they've had. That's great. But this is right. a time now where we get away from the Dave Meltzer vacation of wrestling in which all oh, the fans didn't yeah. say anything. Okay. That match sucked. Well, no, that's yeah. not what it's about. No, you've been into enough Raws and SmackDowns in your life, and I've been to plenty of events to know that if fans are not into the match, doesn't mean the match sucks. It just means that the fans either are not educated or they're looking forward to seeing something else. But we're seeing some great work rate across the country, even though there's no fans. And, and quite frankly, the focus is supposed to be in the ring anyway. Right. <laughs> And I've covered enough New Japan Pro Wrestling shows over the years to grasp that concept. It's not a slight of performance. It's not a slight on booking. If two minutes into the match, somebody's already saying, fight forever, or this is awesome. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't even know what the story of the match is, and you're already chanting, fight forever. Like, <laughs> stuff like that <laughs> never really made sense to me, but... Uh, you know, it's all about what happens in the ring at the end of the day. And there's still good wrestling with the fact that we still get live shows from both WWE and AEW. And I think right now, more than ever, there's kind of a blank cast as far as how you present a show in an empty arena. I don't think you could really fully go into the pro wrestling playbook into booking shows when, when the majority of the entire business and based on booking for a live audience. It's just totally different parameters right now. So I want to get your thoughts uh, about uh, Money in the Bank, the uh, event taking place um, on this past Sunday. Uh, and again, you go to ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com, read what Josh uh, has to say, blow by blow. Everything that happened on that show, you can read about it on ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com. So I, I want to get your thoughts uh, about the overall card did you like the card and do you like the idea that this pay-per-view uh, was a light night for you because this was under two hours and 30 minutes? Uh, <laughs> it felt like an NWA pay-per-view. Yeah. Quick. Yeah. Quick, quick to the point, pal. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I enjoyed money Bank for the most part, uh, especially from the world title matches. Both matches had their different elements. I thought Bray and Braun touched pretty good on the storytelling aspect in their match. And I didn't think that match affected either guy, possibly or negatively. And then you had the Drew McIntyre and Seth Rollins match. At that point, you kind of feel bad for the guys because that would be a match that would be like, oh, my God, this is awesome. Get all those cliche chants in. And those guys ripped it up for like 20, almost 30 minutes in that match on Sunday. Uh you know, you saw the uh, match with Bailey and Tamina, which far exceeded my expectations for that particular match. Uh, you had the opening match that was like Size the Hedgehog. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> so that was mm-hmm. a hard message to transcribe, buddy. That thing was going at 105 miles per hour. Yeah, it's no, it's no question. Uh, with Drew McIntyre <laughs> and his matchup against Seth Rollins. So, 
okay, so this matchup taking place at Money in the Bank, and I would have liked to see this match maybe a month down the road, but I understand. I mean, here we are in the month of May. It's a matchup that you want to see. And um, I, I think that I'm good with seeing this match a couple of times. You know, if, this, if there were live events or house shows, you want to see this around the loop because I'd like to see another gear from Drew McIntyre. He already is at the top of his game. I'm just wondering if we saw this on the non-televised event, will we see Drew McIntyre, you know, for 20 minutes, 25 minutes, how much would the crowd be behind him? Is there something that we haven't seen from him uh, that mm. we, we don't see on TV? I, I like to see these two even more so, uh, more than just another month for four or five months to see how good this match really could be. I just wonder about the overall dynamic regarding Drew McIntyre. What would then the general feeling towards Drew McIntyre overall if the crowds were still going to be show but That's what I'm looking at from this point of view because – what he does in the ring, the guy, his work speaks for itself. He's had really good matches on TV with Andrade and Angel Garza, and the list goes on and on. I'm not, wrestling is not the concern me for Drew McIntyre, but you know how fickle the society is. Once you become the guy and you're the world champion for WWE and now representing everything that's going on there, you get an added sense of not only pressure, We've got people putting you on the pedestal that maybe you're not ready to be on at that certain point. And, you know, I know some are like, why is Seth Rollins getting a world title shot even though he lost at WrestleMania? With everything that's been placed in the cards in WWE right now where maybe like a third of the roster is dying at, the, at, at these performance center shows, you, you, that was the one guy on the Raw brand that has credibility. Whether you're a fan of the Monday Night Messiah or not, Seth Rollins has credibility, and I think what they were able to pull off in that just for a three-week build going into that pay-per-view uh, this Sunday paid dividends because both guys ripped it up, and I thought it helped really both guys and helped bring Drew to a different level. So I'm not really concerned from a wrestling standpoint where Drew can connect on a bigger level. It's just you never know the fickle nature of the wrestling audience these days. Oh, since Drew finally got what he he reached his goal at WrestleMania, are we just going to be indifferences towards him? Are people just going to sit in their hands? Like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of questions that go just yeah, what's going on in the ring. Well, you can put me into the voting category of not liking the Monday Night Messiah bit. I, I put me in that category. <laughs> so ridiculous! Okay. It's so, I mean, th- there's a way to do that, and mm-hmm. um, and again, that's just going through your VHS tapes looking for how to be someone that's a zombie-like figure, the Kevin Sullivan era, the even the 90s with yeah. Raven, uh, right. uh, or, or Crow Sting. There's a way to do that. But just yeah. for him to just stay on the apron like he did this past Monday on Monday Night Raw, and then, then all of a sudden he snaps, okay, you got to be one or the other. Like, are you just so down that and so despondent that you cannot help your tag team partner on Raw? Or are you going to be back to who you were before? Also this... Clearly, this is the WWE trying to make Seth Rollins out of some godlike character because somewhere along the line, Vince probably looked at Seth Rollins one day and said, my God, you look like the depiction of Jesus. And and so if that's the case, if that's the case, wouldn't he be wearing white instead of black? Like white all the time? It's, it's just yeah. some of these things are just um, off-putting to me, uh, especially if I'm going to invest time in it. <laughs> Well, I didn't know why they didn't have the church music before his WrestleMania match with Kevin Owens. Right. 
<laughs> right. If you're gonna if you're gonna if you're gonna go that way, right? Yeah, go all the way out with it. I I kind of wonder from wrestling past which wrestler, no matter what territory, which particular wrestler would work with that Monday Night Messiah gimmick. Uh, on the current roster? No, just in wrestling history, like with Lanny Papa working that area. No, maybe. <laughs> Yeah, you know, well, yeah, and possibly, yeah. Um, you know, because there have been some wrestlers that have called themselves the wrestling god before. I mean, obviously, JBL comes to mind because he always yeah. calls himself a wrestling mm-hmm. You know, Flair called himself a wrestling god uh, in, the, in the Turner years in the NWA. You know, that, yeah. that's, you know, going back to the ECW days of what uh, Raven did with Tommy Dreamer, you got to be very careful with, with all of that stuff. It just, it's amazing. Uh, how the WWE flirts with um, uh, the higher power where, you know, Shawn Michaels is in a matchup with God against Vince and Shane. Uh, like, like, what is that? <laughs> Why? Like, oh, like, God. I, 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 I was in 2006, I was in sixth grade when that went down. Holy yes. Moly. I mean, yeah, for, for those listening, <laughs> we're not making this up. I mean, there's actually a tag team match where Shawn Michaels, the heartbreak kid, uh, took a, a, had his tag team partner, God, against the McMahons. And, and when he introduced God, it was just uh, a spotlight uh, with nobody coming down the aisle, obviously, and they just a spotlight just going right from the back of the arena to the, uh, to the ring and just kind of like, this is so stupid, like... It's just amazing. Um, I was not happy, uh, as we talked to Josh Lopez from ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com on Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app, Josh. I was not happy uh, that I've got what I wanted out of Money in the Bank. I did not get. I did not get a Tamina Snuka win uh, against Bayley for the SmackDown Women's Championship. I'll tell you one thing. This is how you do it, right? You're Tamina Snuka. You've been in the company 10 years. You've been underneath at least nine of those 10 years where you have not been utilized or you're not in the program, you're in catering, and you're not even on TV. And so there is there was this push. If I don't know if you noticed this on social media. There's this push for Tamina Snuka, like, finally she gets her opportunity. Finally she'll mm-hmm. be able to win a championship. It's been 10 years. And WWE, they, they bought into it too. But you saw, like, the Usos supporting her. You saw... Uh, Nia Jax, you saw certain WWE superstars that were like, yes, hopefully Tamina can get this done, and it doesn't happen. Okay, so right. I was rooting for Tamina, then I see the match, right? And it, yeah. it's like, it's like God, <laughs> if if this was like five or six years ago, maybe, but as much as I wanted Tamina to win that match, to see Tamina out there, I was like, oh, wow, she can't work. <laughs> it's like it's just, it was so bad. It's like the match wasn't great as I mean it was just kind of a a raw smackdown type of match, but I I was looking for another gear and Tamina didn't right. give it to me. She gave me color by the numbers Tamina. I'm like, wow. As much as I would have liked her to win a championship, that's just not getting it done. That won't work. Mm-hmm. You know, it had a different vibe. This wasn't like Trent self uh, Trent Seven fighting from underneath, you know. I yes. We got to remember for some context here for those who are not caught up with the product. I mean, Nina's had, I don't know, maybe two or three knee surgeries over the last five years. So she has some wear and tear in her, and she and she started wrestling late. Let's not forget about that. She wasn't like a young, young blue chip prospect when she came into the WWE. Um, you know, my disappointment with 
the whole thing with Bailey and Tamina is not fully up to me. It's just like I'm totally indifferent with Bailey, and I know they want to stretch this out for a potential match with Sasha Banks. But we've been teased with this so many times over the years, Hoodie, where it's like, just get to the match or stop teasing it already. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I'm not I'm different to heal Bailey. Uh, I, I, Sasha is good for what she does, but I, I, it's like their pairing does absolutely nothing for me. And I'm not clamoring for Bailey and Sasha to have this clinic of a wrestling match that I saw four years ago. Like, I had enough teases. It's like, it's stretched out for absolutely no reason. And Bailey's heel work is not good. No. No, she has to, you know why? Because she's a baby face. Right. <laughs> That's why. Because, she, I mean, it's not like Becky making that, that little bit of a turn where it's like, okay, she's got a little edge. All right, I can see it now. But Bailey, you know that that's a that's a white meat baby face from the beginning. From the beginning, she was, and she's doing the best that she what she's given with, uh, that what she's been given. But she's just she's a baby face, and she's trying to be a heel. And it's just when you look like that, uh, you don't. It doesn't matter what you do with your hair; you still look like a baby face. And so, uh, I would right. I will agree with you that you know it's coming, like Bailey against Sasha. But that's not some top of the card pay-per-view WrestleMania match I can't wait to see because I've seen that before. So I don't know why why is that something that oh wait until they get together. If they if Bailey turns or if Sasha turns on Bailey, boy, that that's still middle of the card. I mean they probably will have a good match, but it's never going to be great, I don't think. Where it's gonna be like, wow, I can't wait to see that match. You know, at least that's how I see it. And this overall with the dynamic of the woman in WWE you have, and I know this is a pun for the last dance has been phenomenal recently, but like when you have Charlotte Flair, who may well be the Michael Jordan of female professional wrestlers, no matter what feud is going on on Raw or SmackDown, Charlotte's still going to get top billing at the end of the day because she's that damn good. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I mean, well, is what I talked about the, uh, last week on the show. Uh, Charlotte, and this is... This is going to be a, have to be a long-form conversation for us on a podcast together. Charlotte right. Flair is is Ric Flair in this regard. Rick was a champion in the WWE. He was champion, obviously, in the NWA with, in WCW. Uh, but in the WWE's standpoint, he was never respected because he was a Crockett guy, because he was a Turner guy. And so right. the same thing here with Charlotte, right? Charlotte, of course, is the best worker as amongst the women in the in the company. By far, she is. But because she is, there's not enough personality for Vince to put her in a position on a pedestal where they push her like they pushed Becky, or push her like they push, um, uh, you know, Becky, you know, Becky Lynch or Bailey or some of these other wrestlers. Of course, right. Charlotte's the best worker, but she'll never get that number one spotlight that she deserves because she doesn't, she won't put doing the clown makeup on because she, because she'll never be outside of the, her queen persona. And it's like Rick, right. Rick was only Rick outside of a few oh. other things that he did. Rick was Rick. And so same thing with Charlotte, she's just a great worker. And in the WWE, that's not good enough. Clearly. Mm-hmm. Tell, not, me, not tell me I'm wrong. Hey, tell me I'm wrong about that. No, you're not wrong. I agree. Um, Braun Strowman against Bray Wyatt. So Braun goes over and he's strong as a universal champion. So that's fine. But the bigger story is, so what now with Bray Wyatt? 
I think you're the best to ever explain the Bray Wyatt story on, on this show. You're the best one to explain everything that Bray's went through all the way through to John Cena at WrestleMania. So now explain what is Bray Wyatt supposed to be in 2020 with another loss? Well, the genesis of Bray Wyatt and The Fiend are two different things. Bray Wyatt could play the mind game, but The Fiend executes whatever Bray Wyatt wants to accomplish at the end of the day. When you have Bray come out in his Mr. Rogers gear, it's pretty uh, well certain uh, feeling that he's going to lose whatever match he's in. Now, this was a little different when the last time Bray fought regularly and was against the Miz and it felt like absolutely nothing. They actually had some story into their match that they were doing on Sunday with Braun Strowman. Yes, Bray Wyatt lost, but you did see the, the graphic for The Fiend uh, right before they went to that commercial break. And when it comes to The Fiend, he always pays, He always uh, gets retribution for those who have done him wrong in the past, whether it's John Cena, whether it's Ben Balor, whether it's Daniel Bryan. And Braun Strowman is next on the hit list, buddy. I guess. <laughs> I guess we just we keep losing though. That's the problem. It's like it's it's strange. Um, so we get to the money in the bank, and we come to find out that Oscar wins on the women's side, and Otis of all people wins on the men's side. Um, so it, it's it's kind of what I thought it was going to be. I thought yeah. it was going to be you know a lot of ha ha because. It's Money in the Bank ladder match. It's going to be at the WWE headquarters. It won't be the traditional Money in the Bank ladder match. And so there's yeah. it, it's the Vince McMahon ha-ha. It is brother love coming out of a bathroom because you got to have bathroom humor. got to have that in the WWE. It's Paul Heyman at catering because, well, he's overweight, and it's Paul Heyman, so you got to put that in there. Of course, he'd have a huge spread at catering. And then there's St- Stephanie, and there's Jeans Vince for the first time ever. Vince with the jeans. Uh, got to have John Laurinaitis because of people Potter. Got to have uh, Doink the Clown. All these things you got to have because Vince has to have his haha. But here's the thing, though, Josh. Like, uh, it's what I expected. Um, but I did not expect o- Otis to be able to win uh, on the men's side. And be interesting to see how that works for a year or or less. And then Asuka, who has been one of the best female wrestlers in this company, uh, ends up winning it, and we understand why now. But it's just, watching it, I said, here comes another WWE Films special. Like we saw with the Boneyard match, like we saw with uh, Gargano and Ciampa. Here's, once again, the WWE flexing its muscles with their films um, and put together what they thought was comedy right into getting on the roof and Battling for the the ladder, battling for the uh, the briefcase. Uh, Bruce Pritchard has a line that uh, perfectly describes my feelings on what I saw on Sunday with that particular match. Well, you know, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> you like, you you just said it perfectly. Like everything you thought you were going to see was was going to happen. Uh, initially, I wanted to have that element, since they had the tagline, climb the corporate ladder, I kind of initially wanted the presentation to be like, you know what, WWE, just tap into every perception negatively that the fans or people that does shows like this have about you, just tap into it. Like, drop Jinder Mahal in the match, even if he's not announced, you know? <laughs> just go out, <laughs> go out of the box. Have, like, Ronda Rousey fly over the power in the helicopter and steal the briefcase for somebody. Like, 
I had some initial ideas for like that, and I thought that was probably the direction they were going to go. Uh, the, this video, like you said, this film edition match that we saw on Sunday was kind of paced by numbers, but I did crack up for the uh, hand sanitizer spot. I, I, I don't know if that did get a little pop out of me, but um, I was surprised that Otis won. I, maybe Otis is not the flavor of for everybody, but he does get a reaction out of people. I, I was surprised that he was winning that match. And then um, I want to give credit to King Corbin because even whether – fans in the crowd or no fans, anytime he thinks he's going to win or he's going to get a major accomplishment, people are like, no, I don't want it to happen. That's a good deal, hoodie. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I guess you're right. <laughs> I think you're right about that, Josh Lopez from ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com on Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Um, by the way, I, I guess the new... The, the new spot is to grab something and throw it against uh, a mirror in the WWE. I guess that's the new thing. Yeah. I mean, that that was cool the first time I saw that, you know, seeing it with Gargano and Champa, and then seeing it with Randy Orton and Edge, and now we saw it right. again in the Money in the Bank. So that's the new spot now. I mean, that's, that's as common as a side headlock in the WWE. Just throw something against a mirror and just smash it. And when I saw it again on the Money in the Bank, I said, boy, is that that's all you can do, right? Get into the weight room and then throw – throw a weight uh, against the, the mirror and, and smash it. Well, I've seen that three times, and so once you've done it once, once you've done it twice and three times, then it's not it's not um, really interesting anymore. Right. You can add that to the list. Super kicks, uh, pump kicks, DDTs, all the collection, break, uh, gym, class, uh, gym windows. Um, <laughs> I heard that they're building a new corporate tower, if I'm not mistaken. In a couple of years, because they can't do it now, because they're too busy trying to uh, move the stock. <laughs> they can't. They can't build a new building yet until <laughs> we get through this coronavirus. They they were going to, but now they can't. Right. <laughs> so, and and we come to find out from the announcement on Monday night that Becky Lynch is having a baby. How great! How great! The man is having a child. That's what's happening with Becky Lynch and and uh, Seth Rollins. So congratulations to those two, huh? Congratulations, humbly speaking, as always, good when another Lopez is brought to the world. Uh, oh, for God's sake! <laughs> Jeez! Oh, please! <laughs> you're gonna oh, you're, <laughs> you're, are you gonna say that uh, that is it? Kobe Lopez is that Seth Rollins' name? Yes, sir. Uh, gonna, I, I'm surprised that you're going to claim him. That's that's that's, that's interesting. You're gonna, Kobe Lopez, yes. So that is that is happening. Yes. So she's having a baby. Show. She had to relinquish her championship to give it to Oscar, mm-hmm. which is perfect because Oscar has been killing it over the last four or five months. Right. So it's it, mm-hmm. it works out for you, right? Oh, absolutely. And she was having the feud with Becky, and I thought out of anybody on the Raw roster, she was the most deserved for that. Obviously, she won the Money Bank match, but just the genuine, organic feel in that opening segment was really cool, and um, uh, happy for Asa, and more importantly, happy for Becky Lynch and uh, Seth Rollins. So, it was really good feel, good moment on Raw last night. A couple of quick hitters for you before I let you go, Josh. What would you say is the hottest title in wrestling in 2020? Uh, that would be the NWA World Heavyweight Championship or the NXT UK Championship. Wow, so you're saying Walter or, or Nick Aldis? Yes. Boy, that's something. 
<laughs> and I, I don't disagree with you And hot meaning. And, and how do you define hot as a championship in wrestling? Consistency, just overall quality of work. And just, I, you could look for the looks or whatever. I think Nick Aldis and Walter are the best world champions in the world right now. Uh, that's just my takeaway from that. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't have a disagreement with you on that. I also want to talk to you about um, the, the ratings being down, even though it, it's what we've talked about before. Nothing has really changed, right? It's a, still a battle to try to get a, th- a million viewers on NXT and AEW, and it's still hovering around the 600,000 mark, which is, you know, that's decent. But I, I'll, I'll go back to this again. You're in a pandemic, and everyone is supposed to be home or around the television more often watching um, – watching either network television or watching Netflix or whatever. But the point is, is that um, people are home, but yet the ratings are not rising. And they're really dipping on Raw. SmackDown's around 2 million. uh, And the Wednesday Night Wars have kind of simmered because, once again, neither NXT or AEW have not been able to get to a million viewers on a consistent basis. So how how would you uh, classify uh, the ratings? Why have they been down across the board it, it's a very perplexed situation because like how much of metrics is just solely based on the overall product like i what's the construction right now of pro wrestling during a pandemic is it dvr is it, i don't I, it's like you can't pinpoint what particular thing with this situation and when i look at aw with the fact that they're not uh creeping over one million viewers is that like does AW think that rushing title feuds with guys who recently released by WWE is going to spike their viewership? Um, you know, you look at the stuff that's going on with WWE. A lot of people just say it's the overall product is not good, so that's why the numbers are down. I can't pinpoint one particular thing, and you would think whether it's AW or WWE, there would be like virtual Zoom workshops with fans. It's kind of like how Eric Bischoff did it back in the day where uh, he would uh, reach out to fans and get their takeover on the product. I think whoever in the business side should reach out to fans during this pandemic and ask the question, what do you want to see? What do you want out of your wrestling during this era? You just mentioned uh, about character development, hoodie, right? Yeah. Like stuff like that. That's just general good business stuff that, that should be focused on right now. And like I mentioned earlier, as we started this, like, right now, your presentation has a blank canvas. It's on you to bring the people in and get people connected to your show. So I can't pinpoint one particular thing, but is it overall the product? I mean, that has to be remains to be seen. Tell everybody about ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com. ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com, number one hub for all your result pages. Uh, I give you every piece of info that you need uh, whether you're unable to afford a cable network or don't have the time to catch up with all 12 wrestling shows weeks so whether it's impact or mlw or nwa who's airing superpower tonight or aew dark that has nine matches this week <laughs> i mm-hmm. document all that for you uh, i dropped in a couple uh documentaries or podcasts if i had the time to type that out it's it's a literally uh point of reference hub for professional wrestling fans if you want to know what's going on in pro wrestling and you don't want to get littered with ads and just 
go through your regular jersey sites. I give you everything you need to know on ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com. Uh, and also the Hoots Podcast, uh, where you, wherever you download your podcast, look for the Hoots Podcast. Uh, tell me what's going on there on your podcast. Hoots Podcast, I'm getting uh, doing weekly reviews of The, uh, the Last Dance, uh, the best sports documentary I've seen in the last five years. I'm just loving it every single week, uh, especially the soundtrack, Hoodie. You know me as a musician. I'm, I'm eating mm-hmm. up all the songs that they're airing in the series so far. And um, we, of course, we talk about what's going on with the weekly product. And uh, also help, try to give out some advice for people who are dealing with mental health issues during this pandemic. And I share some life stories along the way. So uh, Hoops Pockets is a variety show. Helps you get your mind off of negative thoughts or negative energy in general. So check out the Hoops Podcast anywhere you get your podcast from. Of course, being on this show it has it does not help your mental energy at all. So I'm sorry about that. It doesn't <laughs> dealing with dealing with me does not help your mental at all. So I uh, apologize no. in advance. <laughs> You're totally wrong about that, man. <laughs> Just Josh, as always, I appreciate your your uh, perspective and uh, thanks for coming on the show. As always, anytime, buddy. I appreciate it. Josh Lopez from Pro Wrestling Transcriptions uh, with us. Don't forget to follow along on Twitter and Instagram at WrestlingTWT for all your wrestling needs. Thanks so much for listening to our program tonight. Uh, Don't forget we have a full show tomorrow between 7 and 10. Our thanks to Sean Davis on the other side of the glass. Thanks for listening to Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. Good stuff, my man. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Of course, it always it has. It's always a lot of.